Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is Dreamer Glenn from Miss Prissy's. Well, I am thrilled to have Miss Dreamer back on the podcast. She was on a couple years ago, right before the market opened, and so it's nice to have her back on and catch up and see how the last two years have been going and and uh, see where she's going with the business. You know, there's a few restaurants here in Syracuse that I have this connection to where when I go there and I eat their food, it really brings me back. It's like this strong sense of nostalgia. When I go to Miss Prissy's, I get this really strong sense that's like brings me back to growing up in Kentucky. It brings me back to when I lived in Texas. And yes, it's definitely the food and, and having that, you know, soul food, that Southern comfort. Um, but it's also, I, I think that there's there's few businesses, and I don't, I don't, I think it's intentional, but it's not intentional. And that is, they just, they kind of cross this line of, in a good way, cross this line of, of from just making food to having this really deep passion and connection to their food, to what they're doing, and also their customers. And that's what I sense when I'm at Miss Prissy's and the sense I get from Miss Dreamer. And uh, anytime I'm, I talk to her, I'm around the business, I'm, I'm eating their food, I just get that sense. And, and um, I, don't, I don't think that there's a manual on how to do that. I think it's just who the person is, and, and Miss Dreamer is that person to me. So um, I absolutely love it. If you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, I cannot recommend going down there enough, getting the Stellar Plate, that fried chicken with the mac and cheese and the collard greens is, is my home. And so uh, definitely go check that out. Well, I've recorded this intro quite a few times. I often record intros a, a few times. I'll go through and maybe it's insecurity or maybe just because I say dumb stuff. But uh, sometimes I'll record our, these intros three, four, five, six times. And it takes takes a while. Um uh, but I'm recording this again because I've been trying to really think of what I want to say in this intro. I don't know if any of you, if most of you listen to this, if you fast forward through this and just get to the interview, I have no idea. Um, but I sometimes I think of like things I want to say. Do I want to talk about stuff we have going on? Do I want to talk about my perspective in the food world right now here in our local community? And I think the overall thing that I want to say is is how impressed I am with everything we have going on. You know, there was a time a couple years ago where if you were going to have an event, uh, whether it be something small like, you know, a beer and cheese pairing that, you know, has been happening all over the city lately, to if it was like a bigger festival, you would have to jump on the calendar and, and try and figure out what other events were happening at the same day uh, to avoid them. Because if you were going to have two events that were kind of similar in Syracuse, well, you know, it just wouldn't work. There weren't enough people. And I'm really happy to say that that has changed. Um, I think we have a big enough draw. We have, I don't know if it's necessarily population size or as, as much as it is the events have gotten better or just people's willingness to go out to them. I don't know what it is, but um, we now here in central New York and Onondaga County and Syracuse, we have a place where you can have multiple events going on on the same day that are in the same space and the same you know industry, world, theme, whatever. And both can be successful, and I think that's a big testament to the growth that we're seeing in uh, the food scene here. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. That's all. Just shine a little positivity on that aspect of our local community's food scene. 
Um, well, we've got so much going on here at Eat Local New York. You know, I've talked about it before, but we have kind of like spinoff companies of Salt City events and Salt City food tours. And on our event side, we have this huge sangria crawl that we're throwing um, on April 22nd. If you're interested, I'd highly please go get the tickets. They're 15 bucks over at saltcity.events. It's going to be a really great uh, sangria bar crawl. It's not like a rager, go get hammered bar crawl, but really we have this awesome after party at the rail line afterwards where Limp Lizard Barbecue is sponsoring it and catering it for us. So it's going to be complimentary barbecue. We have a great DJ that's going to be there. And we're also doing these like three big raffle prizes and giving away $900 in gift cards to local restaurants. So if you want to attend that or get more information, go to saltcity.events soon, hopefully very soon. Uh, we're going to be launching Salt City Food Tours, a walking food tour in Syracuse. I just, I'm really passionate about trying to like bolster up our food scene. And I think a big part of that here is like the tourists that do come, the business people that do come, this SU students, whatever it is, um, the business people that are visiting, it's trying to bolster up our food scene. So we're going to be launching Salt City Food Tours here in the coming months, hopefully uh, in early May, but we'll see. We're trying to work with all the restaurants to get everything organized right now. And uh, that, and then, you know, a massive, what I think is a really important resource for local restaurants. And we're, I'm going to start doing, I don't know if we're going to do a spinoff podcast or just have some guests on to talk about AI and how that's going to affect the independent restaurant industry. Um, but we, we created a resource um, called DinerAI.com. Don't ask me why that name, but DinerAI.com, where I post daily blogs on how uh, business owners can utilize ChatGPT to help grow their business effectively. You know, maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you've dived deep into it. Maybe you haven't. You have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But ChatGPT, for the time being, is a massive resource for us. I definitely am concerned about how many jobs are going to be um, useless because of artificial intelligence. And I think a lot of them are going to be, maybe even some of the things that I do. But right now, it's just this massive resource that you can go from not really knowing what you're doing or feeling comfortable with your marketing game, your website, copy, your development, your your copywriting for any of your stuff, your blog, your SEO, email marketing, all those things. You can go from being um, from non-existent to expert immediately using ChatGPT. And there's so many other resources for it. So um, definitely check out our blog, DinerAI.com. And you can also purchase an ebook that we wrote that details um, goes through in detail all the ways that you, you know you could use it to help your help your business grow. So dinerai.com, go check it out. Uh, I want to talk about our sponsor, and that is Brown Carbonic. I, I obviously I've talked about them every single week because they're our podcast sponsor. But I um, uh, not only am I a spokesperson, not only am I a spokesperson, but I'm a client. Uh, remember that old ad? Uh, I can't talk enough. I can't say enough great things about them. Um, and really, it, 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 for me, it boils down to Sean and his uh, passion for local business and um, his passion to support local businesses here in central New York and Syracuse. And so I can't say enough. If you are a brewery, if you are a restaurant with a draft beer system, you need nitrogen and CO2, contact Brown Carbonic. If you currently have Pepsi or Coca-Cola, 
uh, soda guns in your restaurant, shame on you. Use Brown Carbonic, the local company. They make their own craft beverages and sodas. You can call them at 315-454-3591. We're going to talk about it in the future. You can also learn about it on social media, but we're having an industry night at the end of the month at Buried Acorn. Sean's going to be there, so you can come and meet him and and hang out and get to know more about how his business can help your business. But Brown Carbonic has been just a great partner for us here in the podcast. You know, we put the call out that we needed sponsors to really keep this going and thriving here for the local New York podcast. And Sean was the first and only actually, but the first person to immediately jump in an email and connect and, and come on board as a sponsor. And if that doesn't say enough about some a business owner who's willing to invest in local business, then I don't know what does. So make sure you hit them up. We're going to put links and information about them in the show notes. Well, without further ado, here is the podcast. It's my conversation with Dreamer Glenn from Miss Prissy's. You know, I was thinking about it. I think I mentioned this back when you were on right before you all opened, and that was because you have been doing this for Long years time. and years. And it's it's got to be really interesting to go from the hustle that you had. I mean, you're still working, right? It's mm-hmm. not like it's, you know, but uh, to go from that to then all of a sudden being in like the center of food in Syracuse, really. really? Um I was talking with somebody recently, and they were saying, they were, we were talking about if you're going to go somewhere in Syracuse where you want to be seen by people and, you know, you want to see, like, the important people, and if you're going out to eat, you're going to the Salt City Market. Going to the market. And uh, so what's it like? I mean, it's been two years? It has been two years. So January. Okay. Um, January, uh, end of the end of the month, I think it's the 27th or something like that. It yeah. was our two, second birthday. Wow. It's been fast, yeah. Though <laughs> it's it's been a whirlwind. It's just like, oh, two already. All right, here we are. What are what have the differences been like for you? Um, in a lot of different aspects. What's the difference been for you as in like operating the business from before doing a lot of caterings and stuff like that to then now being in the market? So it's been a total learning curve you know you think on your feet you learn on your feet it's it's pivoting it's adapting um you know in a catering world it's exact numbers Mm -hmm. i know what i'm going Mm -hmm. in to do today i know this person wants eight pans of macaroni and cheese (laughs) two pans of salad and we're done (laughs) we box it up we drop it off and that's it you know but you you're you're operating more and interacting more with the clients and and it's just like okay you don't know what today is going to do you don't Mm. know if today is going to be a two thousand dollar day or a two hundred dollar day you you don't know that so you know i think that's the biggest thing for for me Mm. you know is learning how to go with the ebbs and the flows and over time over the course of two years you kind of get a feel for your days you know i know my mondays are going to be busy Mm. because most of downtown is closed Mm. you know you know towards the weekend you're going to be you know, busy because people get paid. Yeah. Um, so you learn to to make the necessary hmm. adjustments for that. But if you if you can't do that, if you can't go with the ebbs and the flows, this is definitely <laughs> not the business for you. <laughs> so what was that like? I mean, it, restaurants in Syracuse, especially something like the market, they're going to be super busy when you first open and then it slows down. 
right? And then I think over time, like you kind of find that balance. So what was it, was it like really hard in the first few months of you trying to get used to those ebbs and flows? Um, we call those real numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you, you will find out what your real numbers are. Um, it was, you know, that first, first year, mm. um, you know, we were just like the place to be, Yeah. you know, and it was just like busy all the time. And in that hectic busyness, you're trying to learn what it is to do and what not to do. Um, so, you know, that was something, mm-hmm. you know, but you get it, you get it, you catch it and, and you move on. Um, and now, like you said, we've kind of settled up. Yeah. People know most people do, you know, they know where the Salt City Market is. You know, you got your regular customers. You see them walking in the door, you just start dropping fish or chicken because you know what it is that they're going to want. Um, and you get in, you get to that place that you're comfortable, mm-hmm. but you don't want to become complacent. Yeah. Because with complacency, you know, you get you get sloppy. Yeah. Um, you know, so overall, it's just like you, you find that baseline. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I know when my busy days are. I know when my slow days are. You know, um, we know when there's something going on across the street at the hotel because we see buses and we're like, okay, well, we better amp up our production today because they're going to come right across the street. (laughs) You know, so Mm. it's just learning that flexibility. Yeah. And you have to have help to do that. Yeah. You you have to. Were you, so were you prepared for that or did you have somebody that was like kind of had that in their mind or, or when you realized you kind of had to be flexible, where'd you go to figure it out? Or was it just kind of trial and error? Well, you know, I have a great team. I do. I have a a great team and we figure it out together. You know, it's just like, all right, well, what do you think about this? Mm. And what do you think about that? And the conversations aren't always pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) I can be very stubborn (laughs) and they're not always pleasant, but at the end of the day, you do what's best for the business. Yeah. Um, you know, well, look, the macaroni and cheese isn't working out this way. Mm. You know, okay, so let's try another way. Okay, well, maybe we need to prep this at night instead of trying to do everything in the morning. You mm. know, just little things. And it's the simplest things that mm. save so much time and frustration. Yeah. You know, um, well, let's find an easier way to get our customers out of here mm. on time, you know, so that they don't have to wait as long, you know, just gauging everything. And it helps to have people to, to bounce those ideas off of, you know, and we even ask our customers sometimes, Hmm. you know, what would you like to see? Hmm. What would make this easier for you? If you're on lunch, what do you want to see? You know, and, and it's helpful Hmm. feedback. You can't be resistant to feedback. Yeah. Negative, positive. You, you have to take it all into consideration. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about that concept a lot of like trying to listen to the customers. I mean, it seems simple, like they're the ones that are buying the food to listen to what they want. But there is something, I don't know, um, there's different, you have to you, you have to know your market and what they want, you know. And so John Page and I had that conversation at one point, because like before we opened or even we do like a different weekly special every week at the restaurant, a different style of sandwich. So I'll go on to um, Instagram and I'll just type in fried chicken in Los Angeles or Nashville or whatever and see what other restaurants post and try and steal some of their ideas. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) um, If it works for them. But we had the conversation, all right, if food trends 
start in LA or New York City and then five years later or two years later, whatever it is, get to Syracuse, would it be beneficial to figure out what that trend is now in LA and do it here or would it not work? Do you, do you have to wait that time because that's just the market that we're in? You know, like for example, I forget which restaurant it is, but there's some really famous restaurant right now who's making a chicken sandwich, a fried chicken sandwich, but they, it's the meat is like a combination of the leg and the thigh, mm-hmm. and they butterfly it, but they leave the foot, the actual foot of the chicken on the sandwich, and that they deep fry it. So it's a bun, and then the actual chicken. foot of the chicken <laughs> is hanging out off the side, and they're... They're doing it because they're saying, we want you to know you're eating real chicken. If I ever did that here in Syracuse, people would be running for the hills. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an entirely different market. Yeah. It's an entirely different market, and I don't think that Syracuse is ready <laughs> for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, because like you, I scroll and I'm searching and you're doing the research, and it's just like... Yeah. One, you can't serve that here because in Syracuse there's a certain price point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody wants to go above that <laughs> price point. And to serve some of these things, you have to be willing to pay for it. Yeah. You know, so that's a lot of, you know, my struggle. Mm. You know, it's like I have great things to offer, but these things cost. Yeah. You know, I recently uh took the oxtails off the daily menu and we're gonna run them as a special because, you know, you you're complaining about the price. Yeah. I have to pay for them. Yeah, <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? And it's like mm. I can't offer oxtails for 10 bucks. Right. You know, that's that's just not going to happen. Yeah. You know, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, mm. just like your demographic. Yeah. You know, you have to know what your customers would do and what they would not do. And if you do introduce them to new things, you have to gradually, (laughs) (laughs) you have to gradually do it, you know, like with my soul rolls, I started out. I want to take a quick moment and remind you about our sponsor with Brown Carbonic. I cannot say enough great things about them. Again, if you're a local restaurant, food service operation, make sure you're using them for your draft beer system, craft sodas and beverages dish machines and ice machines and all the chemical cleaning supplies and chemicals that you could need, make sure you hit up Brown Carbonic and support a local business at 315-454-3591. And make sure to tell them that you heard about them right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. And now, back to the episode. Serving lobster, macaroni, and cheese during late night Mm. service. And then it was just like, okay, well, let's try to put this in an egg roll wrapper and see how it goes over. You know, and it took off, you know, mm. because they, they're familiar with lobster mac and cheese. Yeah. You know, so why not try it? Right. So it just made sense. It yeah. was a logical huh. progression. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, to do that, you know, that wouldn't <laughs> be so logical. <laughs> you get a little pushback and resistance, you know, and yeah. be, being mindful of what they will do and what they won't do. Yeah, for sure. Have you, um, what's it been like? The managing like what you want to do yourself versus what you want to buy, like you know, in terms of like even if it's making some like from that, like if you're making your own lobster mac and cheese egg rolls, that's a labor for sure. Um, has, it, has that been like kind of a challenging thing over the past two years trying to figure that out? It's always challenging yeah. um, because we're very particular yeah. about what we do. 
Um, and we're very hands-on. Mm. You know, I don't believe in having too many people in the pot because mm. you. I believe with a restaurant, you got to be either consistently good or consistently bad. <laughs> you know, at least you know what you're going to get. You're consistent. <laughs> you know, you got to be consistent. Yeah. Um, people buy for convenience yeah. and consistent. You know, you go to McDonald's, mm. you go to a fast food restaurant. It's not the best meal in the world, but you know what you're going to get. Right. You know, so... Mm. With that being said, I kind of like to do everything, you know, myself, do everything by hand. Um, Labor, we haven't found people that we could train, Mm -hmm. you know, yet to to do these things so I can step away and work on the business and not in the business. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a great struggle, trying to find that balance between Mm -hmm. work, you know, working in the stall working on the stall and then yeah. having a family. You know, that's that's really, really hard to oh, do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really hard to do. Yeah, so it's all it's a struggle. Hmm. You know, it's definitely a struggle. And you have the late nights and the early mornings and hmm. this is your baby. You know, it's like you have a two year old, hmm. you know, and you just get up and you make it do what it do. <laughs> you know? And you get up and you do it again the next day. And with the hopes and prayers that one day it just mellows itself out. Yeah. <laughs> What are so? What are the what? I mean, speaking of that, what are your ultimate goals for the restaurant? I mean, so you're in, you're there for five years, three, three years. Okay, three. So, what is the one day I've you know back when I used to go see uh, a therapist, uh, you know, years ago, I used to always think like one day you've made it, you figured out all your problems, balloons fall from the sky, and you know, ta da, you're great, you know, you're well now. Um, and my, you know, my therapist used to always say that never happens. There's a, that day never comes. So if that day did come as a restaurant owner, what do you think that would look like for you? A full service, sit down, mm. upscale restaurant mm. that serves not only soul food, but good food Yeah, across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, that's enjoyable. Um, that mm. has a nice atmosphere. Um, still home. This is my home. So in Syracuse, you yeah. know, this this is my home, and I would like to establish that here. Yeah. Um, so that's mm. that's what it looks like, you know, to be able to do things my way. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> that's it, to do it my way. <laughs> Sinatra there, you know. Yeah. I, I did it my way. <laughs> yeah. And that would be, like, my last shebang. Like, mm. look, I did it my way, you know, whether it works out or not, I believe it will. Yeah. I tried it, and I did it my way. Mm. And, you know, drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks like, you know, to be able mm. to have people of different status, different races, just all come together and, and vibe and, and eat a good meal. Food yeah. is the ultimate unifier. Yeah. You sure. know, you can crack anybody with a good meal. You mm-hmm. know, sit down and <laughs> eat and listen to some great music from the 80s and 90s and... <laughs> You know, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I forget the name of the restaurant. There's a f- famous restaurant in, is it Charleston? I think I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, it's Charleston. And, uh, um, but it's like fine dining soul food. And, um, oh, it's going to drive me crazy. But it's in an old Greyhound bus station. Oh, wow. And uh, um, it's like on like my list of top restaurants to go visit, you know, when I when we travel. Um, but yeah, there's, you don't really see too many, most soul food, most soul food restaurants. Like I think it's one of my favorites in Nashville or 
back in Texas, and it's all kind of like a, you know, plastic tablecloths. Grab and go. You know, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, Just like a grab and go. Yeah, and there's not too many examples of like kind of like an elevated soul food experience. No, like you have um, Red Rooster. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's a different interpretation mm -hmm. of soul food. Yeah. You know, and I want that food that my granny cooked. Mm -hmm. You know, I want the food you're going to taste the macaroni and cheese and remember like, oh, my God, this is like I'm home. <laughs> you know, I don't need anything added to it. I don't need <laughs> just cook the macaroni and cheese. We don't need the extra stuff. You know, so I, I definitely want it to be, you know, this is not you know, a dressed up version of soul food. Yeah. Um, the food is the same, mm -hmm. but the ambiance and the atmosphere is different. Yeah, for sure. You know? And I think there's a way to translate that and, and make make soul food elegant. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. What are those um what you know, how does it how does like the family recipes kind of play in, you know, over the past, you know, now that you've got the restaurant, is it does it feel if you're like, I'm assuming you're taking some of your recipes have got to be family recipes, right? They're all family They're recipes. All family, yeah. And the funny part about it is there aren't any recipes. <laughs> it's <laughs> just, you just do it and yeah. you just know how to do it. Um, nothing. And I'm, I'm currently working on that because my partner is yelling at me like every day, like, you know, you need to train someone to do this. Well, mm -hmm. I can't train them because I don't even know what the hell it is that I do. You know what I mean? I just do it. Um, you know, so taking the time to to make the the passed down mm -hmm. recipes, if you will, yeah. um, you know, to write them on paper so that you can teach the next generation. Mm. You know, my daughter and my son, they can make my macaroni and cheese, but they can't tell you how much of this they put in it or how much <laughs> they just do it, you yeah. know, because they've seen me do it and I've seen my grandmother do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's all family. Hmm. It's all home. I've been, you know, with my grandmother cooking since I was like four years old. Hmm. She had me on a stool frying my first egg. So <laughs> it's just a natural progression. Not what I wanted to do. I have a major <laughs> in human biology, but I'm in the kitchen. But go figure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I love it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you love what you do, you yeah. never work a day in your life. Yeah. There is something very satisfying about thinking about a dish that you're going to create, putting it together, testing it, knowing that it's delicious, making it for somebody else, like putting it on the menu, selling it to them, and then having them enjoy it. There aren't many, I mean, it seems really simple, but there aren't many feelings quite like that that I've found. Um, and, you know, when you can create something from your imagination and have somebody else really appreciate it, it, it feels really good, especially around food. It does. That is, like, the best feeling ever. Like, you can be having the pissiest day, <laughs> you know, and nothing's going right. You know, the fryer oil didn't get there on time. Your delivery truck is late. And somebody will walk up to that counter and they'll be like, this is the best macaroni and cheese <laughs> I've ever eaten. I'm telling you, it just turns your whole day. <laughs> it yeah. turns your whole day around. Or, you know, the soul rolls like, oh, my God, that was just great. <laughs> it will make the rest of your day like, okay, this is why yeah. I do this. <laughs> you know, this this is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And it's just a great feeling. You're absolutely right. There's no better feeling. Yeah. None. Especially yeah. when it comes to food. Food is like giving somebody a big hug. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's just like if you can get to the belly, yeah, we got them. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I appreciate the kind words about our videos, but uh, that would mean nothing to me if you told me, "Hey, that chicken sandwich was delicious." You know, <laughs> I'd be like, "Okay, right. you know, year has been made. I'm done now." Right, um, like it's done. It's yeah. done. My sons had one, but I had. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I. It's. Um, I don't know if you I don't know if you're like this, but I'm I'm constantly thinking of ways to like tweak how the process or the recipe or anything to to get it better. Even today I stopped into a, a restaurant to get lunch and um the woman who owns it or who is managing it, um, she was like, Hey, we heard that you were talking that you tweaked it, so we stopped in to try it again and can I give you one suggestion? I was like, Yeah, please. Um, because it's constantly trying to like make it perfect you mm-hmm. know um so you're you're in the kitchen a lot most of the time right at the restaurant yep most of the time is it difficult like how difficult is it for you to step away knowing someone else is making your food or serving your food even the service i cringe um <laughs> but you know i can't be there all the time and it's family, you know, mm-hmm. so most of the time it's it's going to be somebody. It's going to be my daughter back there, my son or my partner. So we're all family, yeah. you know, so that, that gives me that comfort and that ease. But when you're <coughs> like, I'm very type A, <laughs> you know, and it's just like you, I have to realize that it's not going to be <laughs> my way all the time, but it's on the plate. Just just let it go, <laughs> you know, so it, it's difficult. You know, um, but they know what I like. Yeah. And like I said, it they're great. Everybody just works mm. together and they get the job done. But I sometimes have to leave yeah. to keep from jumping behind the line because <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. I've left the table full of work and I'll just get up. And my daughter's like, Mom, I got it. I got it. No, you don't. The tickets are just backed up. Let me help, <laughs> let me help you. You know, so it's hard. Yeah. You know, it is tough. Um, but, you know. Mm wanting to hire people I do you know and train people especially to get to that next level because you can't do it all alone you just can't you know and that would be foolish of me to to think that I told my partner I wanted to be knee deep uh for for two years Hmm. my two years was up in January (laughs) and I'm now neck deep (laughs) So, (laughs) so yeah I'm ready yeah I'm ready it's a lot yeah it's you know it's a lot yeah to run it to I, to do everything, it's a lot. I couldn't imagine being the owner. I mean, you know, with three one fried, it's not a big swing. It's not. It's not a really big risk because it's in an already existing, right. somewhat successful restaurant. So, um, but I could not imagine being. And you know, one thing that's really shifted for me a lot is I've always looked up to, and I still do. Re- people, business owners, especially restaurant owners, who go through and take out the loans and, you know, find the space and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's, it's such a big risk. And, um, uh, it's only been up until like really the last year that I've started to talk to some of them who are like, like, yeah, we're, we just started working a part-time job or man, we've really don't know what we're doing. <laughs> this is just big <laughs> sleep of faith. That's been a really big eye opener for me to, talk to other grown adults who have taken this risk. Right, and it's right. like, oh, we don't know what we were doing. We were just hoping, we had an idea, we were hoping, hoping it works out. Best. It's like, oh, that's what I did. I just didn't take as big of a risk. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I mean, I just, I really, it's, it's really impressive to think of somebody who who does all of, you know, who goes through all of that to just serve food. Right. Just, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it like that. Like, well, gee, you're absolutely right. That was nuts. <laughs> that was really foolish of yeah. you, you know, but I think it comes down to, to, you have to believe in your product. Yeah. And you have to believe in yourself. You have to have that certain level of of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what drives me, you know, because mm-hmm. even on the days when I, where I feel as if I'm not so good, I have somebody behind me telling me that I am, mm-hmm. you know, and that you can keep pushing and that you can you can you can do it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that translates in the food and the service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, morale, self-morale, it makes a huge difference in what you're able to do mm. and what you're not able to do. Mm. Um, you know, so as long as your morale stays up, we're going to keep working mm. and we're going to pay off this loan. You know, we're <laughs> going to keep frying this chicken <laughs> so we can eventually pay off this this loan. But it is crazy. Mm. It's nuts. Um, but when you just want to share, yeah. you know, when you just want to share a part of who you are, um, a part of your culture and a part of your family and your experience as it relates to food. Yeah. You know, you, mm. you do what you have to do. Yeah. You know, creating memorable moments utilizing food. That mm. is one of our taglines, you mm. know. So when you eat, we want you to remember that. We want you to have an experience, not just a plate of food. Yeah. You know? so yeah, for sure. It's worth it all. Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, us, you know, popping in for lunch that day, uh, I, it really, it brought, it brought me back to a lot of different good moments in life. I mean, just from having lunch, but, um, you know, it it brought me back to, you know, the, the, the cafeteria places in Nashville, (laughs) you know, where you go through and, um, it brought me back to spots in Texas and those fond memories. And, and I'm not kidding the fried, the, the chicken. I mean, it, 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 it's, um, it's re it's, my mamaw used to always fry. She would do kind of thick, heavy flour-coated, boneless, uh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it was like a southern chicken cutlet, you know, in yeah. her cast iron. And then she'd make her, her gravy, gravy? At, right afterwards. <laughs> yes. Um, but there was just something about that. You know, mm-hmm. it was just kind of something about bringing me back to that. So, it re- you know, g- great food can do that, you know, and even more so the environment that I think is created from the, you know, from the food, from the, and, you know, you know, we, we kind of condense it into vibe today, you know, into the vibe of the place, but Absolutely. you know, yeah, that really can make a big difference in somebody's day or memories. Right. Yeah. It, mm. it does, you know, and just looking to be able to eventually expand, to mm. be able to, to broaden that menu, you know, we we're in a, a little kitchen right yeah. now, so we don't have, you know, going back to being creative and coming up with, with new things. We don't have the space, yeah. you know, right now to do that. So we're really, really limited. I just want to remind you about our awesome free resource with DinerAI.com. If you're looking to grow your business and help strengthen everything you're doing in your marketing in the digital world using ChatGPT, then make sure you hit up our website, DinerAI.com, where you can get free information every single day on our blog, and you also purchase our ebook uh, and get all the detailed information you could need on how to grow with ChatGPT. Again, visit us online at dinerai.com. 
And now, back to the episode. Oh, goodness, but give me a kitchen. <laughs> give me a big kitchen. It's over. Game yeah. over. Right. <laughs> like gravy? Oh, my God. Smothered chicken? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how does that, you know, I, I feel like, mo- you know, a restaurant owner is going to, I mean, everybody signs a lease, but a restaurant owner is going to go into a place and kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm there. But you went in knowing there was an end. There was a day that, you know, the three years was going to be up. So are you kind of preparing for that? Are you able to renew and stay there? Could you if you wanted to? How does that all that work? We are. Um, we're able to stay, okay. you know, if we want to stay. Yeah. Um, you know, your your lease is renewable. Mm. Um, you know, if it's mutually agreed upon, yeah. you know, you all can stay. Um, you know, we um, can stay. Um, you know, just thinking about, you know, what it is that we want to do, Yeah. you know, going forward, because this is an incubator. It's not meant for you to, to stay here and, and set up shop for All the right. next 30 years. <laughs> you know, you have to let somebody else in so that they can learn, Yeah. you know, um, and, and, and move on to do whatever it is that you're going to do, be it a just cater or a food truck or mm-hmm. whatever it is that you should have, you know, you should so decide. Um, so, you know, we have the option. Yeah. We have the option to stay, and we have the option to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is, you know, at our discretion. Um, leases will not be for another three years. Yeah. You know, it'll just, um, I think they're a year. Um, oh, okay. Year to year, you know, going forward after yeah. January of 2024. Yeah. Um, so we've been thinking about it, mm-hmm. you know, for, for a long time, you know, yeah. what, what we're going to do and, and how mm-hmm. we're going to do it. And I think we'll make our our decision final within the next couple of months. Okay. Yeah. It really, I mean, it's a phenomenal space and opportunity and, you know, um, thank God that it's, you know, uh, uh, the Allen foundation has the deep pockets to keep that going because, absolutely, you know, it really is, um, yeah, it's not like a destiny, you know, situation where it's like this grand dream and then it never happened or it, you know, shut down. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, um, <laughs> And and having a, a concentrated place where you can get the variety of food and have it all in like this really professional atmosphere is just awesome. It's um, a great place. Yeah. You know, it's just a great place to to be. Right. I've met a lot of great people. Like you said earlier, you know, it's kind of like the who's who. Yeah. You know, you can see Mayor Ben walking through, you know, uh, Deputy Mayor Sharon, you know, you got the county execs that come in, mm-hmm. you know, and when they come in, they're just people. Right. You know, they're just somebody looking to have a great meal and they're holding mm-hmm. conversations and having meetings. It's really a great place to be. It was needed. Yeah. Especially during that time. Everybody was cooped up for COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, just looking for some sort of relief. And we were like one of the only places hmm. open, yeah. you know, during that time. Um, so it just gave people a lot of relief. And I do think that having the variety mm-hmm. of cultures, the multiculturalism that's in there, um, I think it's great, especially for that that crossroads, that intersection there, um, yeah. because all people come there. Yeah. You know, and through food, you can kind of eradicate some cultural biases and ignorances, yeah. you know, by sharing <laughs> culture through food. Yeah. You know, um, even I still to this day, I go around and I ask questions, you mm-hmm. know, OK, well, what's this and where does this come from? And, hmm. you know, you learn, you yeah. know, and it's it's great because other people do the same thing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. 
Mm-hmm. So what has been, I mean, I know there's probably been a lot, but what's been like one of the bigger challenges over the past two years? Past two years, um, January, let's say, no, let's say from Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. from Thanksgiving through April, we're just starting to see an uptake in mm, business. That's yeah. that's like restaurant dead time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got Thanksgiving, you got Christmas, and you have the new year. Yeah. And then, you know, so that's that's always very difficult, you know, difficult for us in trying to find creative ways and mm-hmm. solutions to um, you know, sustain ourselves. Yeah. You know, during that during that slow period. Um and it's been that way for the past two years, you know, yeah. and trying to to figure out, okay, how do I pivot? Mm-hmm. How do I move? What can I do? You know, to generate that extra income during this during this slow time. Yeah. So that's it's, it, that's been the toughest. Yeah. You know, anything else after that? If you can make it to the next April, <laughs> anything <laughs> else is gravy. <laughs> well, you're one of the few that I feel in the in the market that I feel like has been has done a great job of kind of expanding outside of the market. You know, I mean, especially like the sauce is the number one thing I think about, but. You've really done a great job of kind of making sure it seems like that you're not solely dependent upon whoever's going to be walking inside that door. You can't be. Um, we did the sauce, so we now our sassy shrimp. Um, we actually brought them back on the menu because we took them off for a little while. Marketing mm. one hundred and one, you know, make them crave <laughs> for it, and then when the sauce hits, bam, you can buy the sauce. <laughs> so we started trying to bottle the sauce before COVID. Oh, okay. Um, but because of COVID and then the supply chain, everything yeah. like went to pot, so we had to wait. Hmm. Um, so we're actually able to um, get that in a bottle. Um, in December, okay. um, just before the holiday. Mm. Um, so now that's at um, the co-op has it, Green Hills has it, Nichols mm. has it. So we're working on getting it, um, you know, getting it out. We ship it, um, so you can oh, go nice. online and, and order it. Um, so in addition to that, we've we've always been caterers. Yeah. You know, and to be honest, that's where the majority and the bulk mm. of our money comes from. Yeah. It comes from catering. Yeah. You know, it doesn't come from day-to-day sales. It comes from the catering. Um, mm. We do a lot with SU. Um, we do, yeah, we, we do a lot of catering. And that's been able to sustain us, you know, through the mm. slow time. So we're grateful for that. Yeah. That's good to know. I just ha- People always text me who did, like, or texting me like, hey, we're looking for a caterer. And I know, like I always just recommend Limp Lizard because it's the only place that I know of where it's like, hey, they do a ton of catering. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, we have SU trucks back in, like 400 people. You know? Oh, wow. So, so, yeah, and we do it all out of the little tiny stall. Really? Yes. Holy and, cow. and hold the day service. So we, we get it done. <laughs> do do we, <laughs> we get That's it done. Nuts. It's magic. We yeah. seriously we get it done. You know, even our Thanksgiving, we um do Thanksgiving meals. Our Thanksgiving special yeah. comes out every year. And last year I think we did forty three turkeys. Wow. You know, fried and roasted, you know, and over two hundred pans of of sides. You know, we pull an all nighter to do it. Wow. But it's fun, you know, you get the kids involved and everybody's <laughs> there, you know, hollering and screaming at each other. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the job gets done. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Nuts, mm. you know. Yeah. So, like, with bottling the sauces, is that something you – and getting them into accounts, is that, like, do you have to go through a distributor or are you just doing it yourself? So, we use a coal packer. Okay. Um, so, we, you know, we had a, to go to Cornell Um mm. And uh, their food sciences center up there, and they did um, 
you know, all the science stuff behind the food, the pH and all that yeah. stuff, and told us what we needed to do mm. um, to pack it properly, have it shelf stable. Mm. Um, and from there, I did not want to take on the the, the cost right now, <clears throat> excuse me, of having a big distribution. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's a lot. That's yeah. a whole different beast that I'm not ready for just yet. Um, so Glenn co-packing, they mm. do it in smaller batches. Um, so I can get anywhere from, you know, a case to, to a couple thousand bottles at a time. Oh, that's cool. And, um, you know, it's manageable, Yeah. you know, and I went and I got my own UPC code and, yeah. you know, stuff like that to, yeah, to make it manageable. That's cool. Um, for now. Now, if it, you know, when it blows up, we'll yeah. have to reconsider that. But for right now, that that works for me. You yeah. know, we they do it for us. We go pick up the bottles and, hmm. you know, distribute them ourselves for That's right cool. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like I think about like beer or liquor. It's relatively easy. If they make beer, they can go. There's, you know, variety of distributors that they can go to. And there's bigger ones and there's smaller ones. But if you're doing your sauces... How are you doing that? You know, and, right. you know, are you having to go knock on the doors yourself yep. to try and get them in? Because there's a million of them. Yeah, there's yeah. a million condiments. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what makes yours better than <laughs> this one? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, even with the local grocery stores, mm. it was, you know, okay, we'll try it. You know, okay, well, let mm. me come into your store to do a demo, and if yeah. the people like it, you put it on your shelf. You know, mm. we went to Nichols and sold out of five cases in three hours. Wow. You know, it's like, well, I guess I'm putting it on the shelves. I guess you better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like they already have shelf space. Their shelves are accounted for. Yeah. So they're either going to have to move mm. something, take yeah. something off to put you there. Hmm. So you you have to sell yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I might be on a bottom shelf or the second <laughs> from the bottom of the shelf, but damn it, I'm on that shelf. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Hmm. Yeah, it's tough. A lot of door knocking and and we're not done, Hmm. um, you know, door knocking because to get into like tops and Wegmans and, you know, that becomes a different level of, yeah, it's a lot you have to do. Yeah. You know, they have to want you. They have to seek you out. So you have to go on this big platform. Mm -hmm. You know, it's to simplify, it's like a, a Facebook for for sauces, yeah. you know, they're, they're looking for you and they can search you out and say, hey, you know, well, this looks interesting. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a whole world. It is. It, it really is. And it's a marketing effort that's like completely on its own. You know, you have to build that brand. Yep. You know, to push that along with the other thing. Right. And and something kind of right now just takes the back seat because, yeah. you know, there's just... Right. You know, there's there's not enough hours in a day to, to do what you want to do. <laughs> Hence working... On the business and not in the business. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to get out get out of the <laughs> kitchen first to be able to do that. Uh, so, I mean, what's it been? I mean, you've always been part of the food scene, but you've got the restaurant now. You know, you've got, you're in, like like I was saying earlier, you're, you're a part of, like, the, one of the main hubs of food in Syracuse. So what's that like to be, what are the things that you've appreciated about being a part of the food scene and things you wish were different? Well, that's a shocker. Yeah, I never heard put like that. You know, I'm now a part of the food scene in Syracuse. I mean, you you just don't think about it. You just do what you do, you know. Um, You're part of that conversation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I am. You know, and it's just like, I really don't think about it that that way. Um, But you're right. Yeah. And really, I mean, you know, to, you know, go a step further, you're, you're kind of like, 
you're a very important uh, part of a small part of that conversation because when we're talking soul food in Syracuse, what are our options? Right. You, you know, know, there's not many. Not I can many. think of like maybe four or five, not if many. that many. Right. Um, of at least the ones that I know about. So, uh, and those are the people who know what they're doing when mm-hmm. it comes to soul food. Right, you right, know. right. You got to know not what you're Not the doing. ones who are just putting the dish on because, <laughs> right. you know, and naming it something, right? Right, right, um, right. You know, doing the mac and cheese and calling it, you know, the box mac and cheese and calling it something else. So, like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, what's that What's that like? It's humbling, you know. Um, it's it's very humbling. And I, like I said, I, I love what I do. And it's just always very interesting to me, you know, because you don't hear people, you're not used to hearing people talk about you, mm. you know, um, like that. Like, oh, mm. that's some that's some great food or you should go, you know, and try this place. So it's it's always an honor, you know, and I can appreciate the fact that people like what it is that I have to offer. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate the fact that people appreciate my efforts, <laughs> um, you know, that people like the fact that I get up every morning and make the macaroni and cheese from scratch. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? That my chickens are roasted in the oven. Mm. You know, um, mm. I appreciate that, yeah. you know, and I appreciate the feedback and mm-hmm. the kind words um, because people don't have to, you know, they don't have to be nice. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, really enjoy it. Um, what I dislike um, is that sometimes people are not willing to pay what you're worth. <laughs> I really dislike that. Um, do you get a lot of com- do you get comments about that? I do. Hmm. I do. Um, and I've, I've gotten that. My price is my price. Yeah. You know, like you said, you're not eating craft. You're right. you're you're eating macaroni and cheese that has been cut by hand and shredded, <laughs> you know, with with lots of good stuff in there, um, you know. So, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's eighty dollars a pan now. You know, um, I might not be the caterer for you. Yeah. You know, if this doesn't fit your your budget, um, you know, I do get I do get a lot of that. I mm. want you to stay and serve, but I don't want you. I don't want to pay a service fee. Mm. Well, it's kind of how it works, <laughs> you know, serve, service fee, yeah. you know. Um, you know, th- that's the thing that I dislike, and I chalk that up to um, mm. every customer is not your client. Yeah. You know, you have customers and you have clients. Clients mm. will continually come back. Mm. Um, they enjoy your food. They enjoy your service. They like your work ethic. Mm. But a customer, you can see them one time and they're just gone. Yeah. You know, um, And that's what I chalk it up to. You know, It's like your people are your people. Mm. Your people know what you're going to do. They, they know what to expect and they rock with it. So mm. I love the good, you know, how people love me and appreciate me and appreciate the food. But I dislike <laughs> some people not wanting to pay yeah. what, what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the two ends of the spectrum. There, yeah, you sure. know. Yeah, it was. Um, it is. It's a wild feeling to to see reviews come in that are aren't great about your food. You know, that's something over the past year that I've really like come oh, yeah. to. You know, you always kind of see it like running social media for a bunch of restaurants in town over the years, like you you kind of get them and it's like, oh man, what did they screw up now? And there's still times I think about that with like staff. Like that's what I was asking earlier. Like how does it feel 
because there's there, we'll get we got a negative review um a couple weeks ago about the sandwich was way crazy over sauced by the time we got the food home the bread we couldn't even use the bread and i was like Oh shit, Bob! I was like, I know, and it was like, I know exactly. I was you like, know exactly what I was happened. like, I told you to stop doing that, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right? <laughs> and uh, and so, and that's a really frustrating feeling because it, it, for me, I'm like, I'm sitting at home, I get the review, and it's like, we close in an hour. I want to run up there and just be like, I got it, you know, sort right. of a thing. Um, but then there's some reviews where you get, and it's just they're just like dumb, and it's like, oh, you know, or even. And I know it seems silly doing what I do with Eat Local on like our content side, but we got this one review. The guy, you know, felt like he was like the Yelp uh, food critic of Syracuse, <laughs> and like the the there's rev- a lot of those. <laughs> right. The review started off with like uh, Chuck Orlando and Nick Ford of Limp Lizard team up with Anthony Tringale of Eat Local New York. I'm like, who the hell are you, and how do you know so much about right, me? You right. know, like it's like what do you do? Don't talk to me. <laughs> don't talk about me like we're friends. I don't know who I don't you know are. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um you have to have a tough skin. Yeah. Um and some like you said some reviews are valid. Right. Okay, I'll own it. Yeah. You know, my kid fixed that plate. He put burn <laughs> he put the crust of the macaroni and cheese. Everybody doesn't like the crust of the macaroni and cheese. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. You know, let me let me make that right. But there are just some people mm-hmm. that you will just never <laughs> ever satisfy yeah you know um and i'm not from the school of the customer is always right right i am not (laughs) you know what i mean one thing you will not do is you won't disrespect my staff Mm -hmm. or my business now if there's an issue we can handle it in a nice (laughs) professional way um you know but i've just come to learn have a thick skin and i'm not for everybody and that's okay. You know, people like what they like. And you might not like me right. or my food, you know, and that's okay. And I'm not going to take that personal, but it, it's tough. It's tough to see when you know that you've done your best. Yeah. Um, it's tough to see when you know that your staff is just in there goofing off and mm-hmm. the sauce, you know, is all over the plate and not where it's supposed to right. be, <laughs> you know. So it's just like the good outweighs the bad, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, the good outweighs the bad and you just take those people and if if especially on 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 Facebook and Instagram, mm. you have those same people <laughs> that always have negative reviews. It's like, okay, well you're just just an unhappy person. So <laughs> you can eat a bag of Lay's potato chips and you'll find something wrong with it. You right. know, so go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so that's how I handle it. You mm-hmm. know, I really try to stay off of stuff, you yeah. know, like that. Um, social media, I see it if somebody tags me, yeah, you know, in it. Um, but for the most part, I let the good outweigh the bad. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, um, all right, so, you know, being part of it now, past couple years, what's something that you would change about the Syracuse food scene if you could? Oh, gosh. What would I change? I like the variety. Mm-hmm. Um, in Syracuse or in the market? Or both? I think both. I think there's a good variety, mm-hmm. um, you know, in Syracuse. You know, if you want Thai food, there's a place to go get Thai. You want yeah. good Chinese, you know, Italian. There's there's a good representation mm. of that. Um, I think what I would change is 
the mentality that everything should be cheap. Mm. I just think that's a yeah. a Syracuse thing across the board. If it gets above a certain price point, people start to get antsy. Yeah. Um, mm. And I get it. A lot of people might not have expendable income. Um, you can't imagine the chargebacks we've had. People have eaten the food and charged it back and said that they didn't. Oh, yeah, that was a thing for a while. Wow. You know, and we would have to fight chargebacks because people would say they they didn't eat the food. Damn. Um, you know, just as a way to get their money back, order $80, $100, $200 worth of food and try to charge it back. Oh, um, yeah. So if anything, I would I would change that mentality. Yeah. You know, um, you get what you pay for. Right. Um, and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's what I would change about the, the food scene. Yeah. Pay, pay for it. We work hard. Yeah. Most of us do. At least, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. you know, we, we work hard. We're not trying to beat you over the head. Just realize that we have a cost to pay, too. Yeah. You know, our costs are going up. So hmm. unfortunately, we have to pass that on, yeah. you know, to the customer um, and also to be willing to go someplace new. Mm-hmm. You know, you you might go to Miss Prissy's all the time. So try three one fry tonight. You might find <laughs> something there that you like. You know, you might find something. Don't put me in the same category as yourself. <laughs> We've got a, we've got a long way to go before we can be in that same conversation. Oh goodness! But you know what I mean. Just try something new. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that's what's great about the market because you can get a little bit of everything. You can try something new. But if somebody's not been to the market or not going to the market, they're most likely to go to their go-to because right. I do it. You know, um, it's like okay, well, let's try something new. Yeah. Um, you know, we that's found. Yeah, we found. Um, Oh, just by accident, I was going to get my, my friend Tim from Buried Acorn, which there's a there is an unofficial game for the Eat Local podcast. Every time I mention Buried Acorn, you have to take a drink of whatever it is. So there's the first time. And uh, uh, but we were going to this Korean place that he told me about. We went there; they were closed. So right next to it was this Chinese cafe. I'm going to call it authentic because I don't I don't know what authentic Chinese food is, but they have pork intestine on the menu, and it is surprisingly absolutely unbelievably delicious really it is it's like thinly sliced pork intestine that's mixed with carrots and pea you know all these different vegetables i don't know what the sauce is there's some chili in there uh but it is absolutely amazing um and it's also kind of it's not expensive but it's kind of expensive it's like 20 bucks a person if you go in there for lunch which is up there for lunch you Mm -hmm. know in some regards but um Yeah, it is worth it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've noticed over the past, I th- I'll blame COVID for it, um, and that is the separation from. It felt like before COVID, we were talking more about great food, you know, great chefs, where people are, you know, farmers, where they're getting their ingredients from, and. And it felt like that was more a part of like the bigger conversation around food. And today it feels like it's more about the deal. Yes. You know, it's like who's doing 50 cent wings tonight sort right. of thing. And so I'm trying to think through how we can kind of, how Eat Local can kind of facilitate that conversation back towards great food. Because the appreciation is lost. Yeah. You know, you're, you're looking at the wrong things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes, I can have 50 cent wings. But appreciate the fact that they're really, really good when they're a dollar a wing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's just get off the price. You right. know? Um, you know, good food is good food. Yeah. 
you know, and, and I, we pay for good food. You know, yeah. if it's great, you know, we're, I don't care what it costs. I'll have, I'm the person that goes out, well, I want this and I want this and I want this. So I'm going to get all three meals yeah. because I know how it is. I'm not going to ask <laughs> you, can I have a side of this and a side? Of that? I'm just going to buy all three meals and whatever it comes with, it comes with. Yeah. What I don't eat, I'm going to take it home. Yeah. You know, appreciate the food because it's good. Yeah. Mark Bullis um, told me when he was on the podcast was telling me that one of the big shifts for him um, and his approach towards his restaurants was when he realized that going out to eat was more entertainment than it was just having a meal. <laughs> um, you know, it started to become less about I'm hungry, let me go eat, to where, how can I be entertained? You know, especially he was saying like once cell phones really, the iPhone really became such a big hit. It was everywhere that he realized people are going to start taking pictures of their food, of this, talking about their experience, um, writing reviews and blogs and all that kind of stuff. So um, I know that's part of the conversation when it comes to kind of like, you know, what, you know, how a menu should be set up, how the food should look on the plate, you know, presented, all that kind of stuff. But that was a kind of an interesting take, you know, thinking about everything that you're doing when you're making food is you know, what's the entertainment value, so to speak, to, towards it. Um, so we're going to do, we're doing two things. We're, we're definitely doing one thing. We're going to try and do another thing um, to try and shift that conversation away from 50 Cent Wings to, um, which I love 50 Cent Wings, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but trying to shift it from being about that to more about the quality and highlighting the great operate, the great cooks and chefs in the area. We're going to come out with, in July, our top 76 restaurants in central New York um, and try and make a big thing about that. And um, uh, Jonathan Gold, who was a food, L.A. food critic, um, uh, who's passed away now, but he was like my favorite food critic. So we're going to release that list on his birthday awesome. and uh, and start talking about it here in probably the next month or so. Um, That's and, cool. Yeah, and then I really want to do a um, uh, like a good, I don't know what to call it, but like a good food festival, just like a small one to start, mm -hmm. just with maybe ten or twelve different restaurants or operators, but just only invite the people that are like doing really great food to good it, food. and it could be anything. It could be right. maybe it's like a like a, one of the finer dining restaurants in the area. You know, maybe it's somebody doing, you know, fried chicken. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what they're serving or barbecue or whatever. Just good. Just good. Just be good. Yeah. <laughs> Just be good. So I think that's great. You know, um, entertainment and food, uh, Instagrammable. Right. Food being Instagrammable. I was reading an article a few months ago, and I'm like, what the hell is Instagrammable food? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay, it's pretty. It's It's plated well. I freak out when it comes to stuff like that yeah. because I had a photo shoot this morning mm -hmm. of my granny plate, which is a half a roasted chicken. And I'm mm -hmm. freaking out. I'm not. I'm an artist in a different way. Yeah. I'm creative when it comes to the ingredients I put in the pot. Now put on the damn plate, and if you eat it, you eat it. You don't. <laughs> you don't. It's not. It doesn't look pretty, but All it right. tastes good. Yeah. You know. Um. <laughs> so just just working on that. You know. Yeah. Just because you're right. People want to snap pictures of the food. Yeah. You know, it has to have smoke and dry mm -hmm. ice coming out of the <laughs> drinks and stuff like that and glitter. And it's just like, oh, gosh. Just, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a home cook. Mm -hmm. I'm not a professionally <laughs> trained chef. You know, it's just like 
put in a glass with some ice and call it a day. That's why. You know, yeah. so we're 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 getting there. Yeah. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting to the entertainment value. There you go. All right. So the last question I'll ask you, and that's something that David Anastasio, who owned Peachtree Sandwich Company, mm-hmm. told me I should ask every guest, and that is, why is it? Why do you do what you do? Simple answer, because I love it. Hmm. I do. I love food. I love everything about food. Um, I love food in the way that it makes people feel in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to share a part of myself, my family, my culture with other people. Mm. Um, I just love it. Everything about food I love. The way it tastes, the way it smells, the way it makes me feel when I cook it. It's like a stress reliever for me. Mm. You know, I get, that's how it all started. Mm. You know, when my daughter passed away, you know, I really, really started cooking. And Mm. that was like therapeutic, you know, for me. If I'm, you know, feel having a rough day, I'll get in the kitchen and I'll just start cooking. And everybody's like, well, what, what is going on? <laughs> you know, why do we have Thanksgiving dinner on a Tuesday? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I just had to work some stuff out. It's either cooking or cleaning. I chose to cook, you know, so I love it. Cool. I love it. What was it about that that was like the, was it just kind of like the mindlessness of being able to sit there and kind of think through stuff? Just being occupied. Yeah. You know, being occupied in, in training my mind to do something else, mm. you know, and so much of a thought process had to go into cooking, mm. you know, because there's no recipe. So now I'm remembering, you know, what my grandmother did. I'm remembering mm. what my mother did. And it's just like, OK, well, you know, I don't have time to think about anything else, yeah. you know, so it, it became my it became my therapy. Yeah. You know, um, I would just get in the kitchen and cook and come out and feel like a million bucks. Like, mm. OK, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> now I can do life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I can life now after I finish cooking all this food. And it, Mm. That was just it for me. So yeah. I, I became, I've always loved it. Um, you know, my grandmother would cook and I would see people laughing and smiling and being happy, you mm. know, just from eating a simple bowl of soup. Mm. And, you know, you you want to make people feel that way. Yeah. You know, you want people to enjoy themselves, mm. you know, and it stuck. And then, you know, during that rough phase of my life, I kind of gravitated back towards that and was like, okay. Mm. You know, we're going to we're going to use this to, to make other people happy and to get me happy again. And it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. I'm crazy, but I'm happy. <laughs> it's a crazy endeavor, but I'm I'm happy doing it. Yeah. I wouldn't do anything else. Honestly, it's hmm. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Miss Dreamer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. And uh, everybody who's listening, get down to Miss Prissy's in the Salt City Market and uh, check it out and get that stellar plate. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Eat Local New York podcast. Again, huge thank you and shout out to our sponsors at Brown Carbonic. And uh, if you want to connect with us online and visit us and get more details on all the stuff we have going on, Visit us online at eatlocalnewyork.com. You can find the video version of these podcasts, get the audio version on whatever platform. You can also purchase an Eat Local New York card so that way you can go out there and save $5 at over 150 local restaurants all across New York State and also get connected to us and see all the events that we have going on. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to catch you back here next week for a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Mm-hmm.